We are in John chapter six, y'all. We're in John chapter six. If you can't go ahead and turn your Bibles there, we're going to spend a few moments in the reading of the word as we usually do. Okay. If it's your first time here, then, uh, what we do is, is we spend about 20 to 30 minutes reading through scripture. We spend another 20, 30 minutes reflecting on it. Today's a little shorter. Got a trip, got to drop off the kids, got to get stuff for the kids, all that good stuff. And so it's shorter, but there's nothing like spending time starting our day off in the reading of the word. And if you are familiar, you guys already know what time it is. So go ahead and turn to John chapter six. We're journeying through the entire New Testament. We've been journeying through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and now we're in the book of John. We're in John chapter six, and we're just going to read. We're going to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question we're going to ask. The second question we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then the third question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? God, what are you revealing concerning me? Let's dig right in. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for blessing us on this beautiful day. Father, there are those of us right now live on Discord who are listening. There are those later on today on Patreon that will be listening in. And there are those who later on in our podcast, maybe, you know, a week or so from now, who will be listening in as well. Father, I pray, Lord, regardless of when we hear this, Father, I pray that in the moment that we spend this time in your word, Father, that you would speak to us. Lord, reveal your goodness, reveal your will, reveal your grace, reveal your heart, and Lord, reveal something about us, Lord, today, Lord, that will compel us, Lord, to, um, Lord, to be new, to be renewed, to be transformed. Father, continue to do a work in us, Lord God. Sanctify us by your word, for your word is truth. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Men. John chapter six, we'll read verse one, and it says this. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was so much grass. Sorry, now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in a number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. They gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. And those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, truly, 
This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat and went over to the sea of Capernaum. And it was already dark and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because of a great wind that was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I do not be afraid, and willingly received him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except the one which the disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came to Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet did not. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me Sorry, he has, out of that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then when he says, I have come down 
from heaven. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except he who is from God. He has seen the father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your father in the wilderness and our dust. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled amongst themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I'll raise him up at the last day for my flesh is food indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, but he who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogues as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that the disciples complained, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the 12? And one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him being one of the 12. I'll read one more chapter. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee for he did not walk. He did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews feast of festivals was at hand. His brother to him, depart from here, depart from here and go. 
that your disciples also may eat the works. May, sorry, that, eat the works. Depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe him. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not come yet, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not yet going up to this feast for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. When his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. And the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some say he is good. Others say, no, on the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled saying, how does this man know letters having never studied? Jesus answered them, my doctrine is not mine, is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks for himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? And the people answered and said, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I'm a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to the appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now, some of them from Jerusalem said, is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from. But when Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Then Jesus cried out <laughs> as he taught in the temple, you both know me, I am from. And I have not of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Therefore, they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. And many of the people believed in him and said, when the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer. 
And then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Then Jews said among themselves, where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he said? You will seek me and not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. On the last day, that great fe- that great day of the feast, Jesus stood out and Jesus stood and cried out, saying, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water." But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom the him would receive. For the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit was not because Jesus was not yet glorified. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, truly, this is the prophet. Others said, others said, this is the Christ. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was division among the people because of him. Now, some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why have you not brought him? The officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night being one of them said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. An adulteress, sorry, and everyone, sorry, uh, verse 53, and everyone went to his own house. And everyone went to his house. All this discussion, derision, consequently division concerning Jesus. Jesus steps into the scene and there's all this stuff And in the spaces where Jesus was, there was much discourse and debate about who Jesus was, what Jesus was there for, what was his agenda, what was his mission. And everyone had an opinion concerning Jesus. Everyone had an opinion about Jesus. It's funny because we find ourselves often in the public spaces, all having our opinions, discussions, debates about Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus is about, what's the purpose of Jesus, what does it mean to believe in Jesus, doctrines, tenets of faith, denominations, (laughs) belief systems, 
religions. And then everyone goes to their own house. What a powerful and powerful image. I mean, it's a real picture of what transpires often even in the space in the church. That the church has people who will show up and everyone has a reason why they're there. Like everyone has an agenda. Everyone has something they're looking for. Everyone's got an idea of who or what they want Jesus to be. And then everyone goes back to their own house. Everyone goes back to their own house, but what do they go back home with? Do they go back home with a newly transformed mind? A corrected mind? A refined mind? Or do they go back to their own house crystallizing what they already believe and crystallizing what their opinions already are. I've always said this, that if you go to church or you meet Jesus, every time you spend a moment with Jesus, something should change in you. Are you hearing me, family? Like every time you speak Jesus, Jesus, I have to leave with something, something changed. And it's unfortunate that there are people who they go to church or they go to their small group or they go to their Bible study or they go to and they what they do is, is they take the stuff that they want, they leave the stuff they don't want, and they go back further deepening what they already believe for themselves concerning their lives, concerning their marriages, concerning their finances, concerning everything, concerning their faith. People will go to church crystallizing what they already believe, concretizing what they already you know, where they already stand on whatever it is they stand. And so now what happens is, is that Jesus or the Christian faith or whatever your tenet of faith is, is just a means for you to build your own worldview, your own kingdom, your own mentality, your own mindset. There's a lack of conviction in the body of Christ. And it's not to say that there shouldn't be encouragement. It's not to say that we should be uh, empowered. It's not to say that we can, um, you know, embolden people to go into the calling and to, to fulfill what God has called in their lives. It's not the same of that. But you can't spend the Holy Spirit and not be convicted. You can't just go back to your own house in your own way. Jesus will always stir something in you. He will make something uncomfortable in you to transform you because you have not yet arrived. Not a single one of us has yet arrived. But if we go 
to these spaces and have these debates about Jesus, these, these arguments about Jesus, and we only have them just to further crystallize what we already think and what we already believe, fam, you are doing it wrong. It goes back to my Easter sermon at, at the church. And, and what I preached on was Jesus, there's more to Jesus. There's more to Jesus. There's more to Jesus than the Jesus that you use to pander to your worldview, to your opinion, to what you think Jesus is or what, what Jesus should be. And man, is this text full of people who have opinions about Jesus. I know the same Bible study. We say Bible study for yesterday. I know we did some work in Bible study. So I'm trying to not go into Bible study mode, but my goodness, there's so much to really unpack here. I'm looking at this text and I'm like, man, chapter six is a whole, is a whole mission in and of itself. Self. Seven is a whole session in and of itself. But the one thing that the Lord is really exposing as I'm spending time today in his word is how so many different people had so many different perspectives of Jesus. There was the crowd of the 5,000 families. Notice it says 5,000 men. It wasn't 5,000 people. It was 5,000 men, which means that there are probably closer to 10 to 15,000 people. 5,000 men, many of whom were probably married had their wives and their children there with them as well. Jesus had them all sit down and they all were fed. And I don't know if many of them knew how the means by which they were fed, but it was a seed from a little boy who had five barley loaves and two small fish and with that five barley loaves and two small fish, it multiplied. And not only was there enough left for Israel, but there were 12 baskets left over. Again, these were signs pointing to the ministry of Jesus. But the work of, the work of salvation for Israel but that the work of salvation was for Israel to overflow into all other nations and all other peoples. 12 baskets left over, overflow. In case you didn't know. <laughs> this is the overflow. And of course, many who were fed by Jesus said, oh, this is truly the prophet who is to come. Those who saw the sign and saw the miracle said, this is the prophet who was to come. Jesus then walks on on the water and then they go across. They go across uh, the water and there they are on the other side of the water and they are uh, Tiberius, in Tiberius. And the people chase after the barley loaves and the fish. They wanted a circus act. They didn't want Jesus. They wanted the miracle, but they didn't want Jesus. 
And it says the text tells us that they went near the place where they ate bread. Jesus met them there, but they thought that Jesus was, that's all Jesus was. They made simply Jesus, they made Jesus simply the person who gave them bread. Jesus is more than the person who feeds you. He's more than the person who sustains you, more than just your, than just your provider. He's more than that. And of course, they get across and they see Jesus there like, wait, hold on a second. Uh, when, when they get to, uh, sorry, Capernaum, and they see him and they're like, Rabbi, when did you come here? There's Jesus. And he says to them, you guys are still seeking after the stuff that perishes. Pointing them back to Exodus when they had received bread from heaven, which was a foreshadow of Jesus Christ. Point to, point to Jesus as the fulfillment. That is, he's saying, I am the bread. Because any bread outside of me won't sustain you. That bread you will eat and then you will die. That bread gives you enough for now, but it doesn't give you enough for eternity. There's more to me than just somebody who helps pay your bills. There's more to me than somebody who helps feed your family. There's more to me than somebody who helps you get the house that you've always desired or whatever it is that you believe that your need is. He's like, I'm more than that. Because all of those things perish. Stay with me, fam. Stay with me, fam. Stay with me. Because these people see a Jesus that simply provides. And if that's all you see in Jesus, you have missed it. And notice that when Jesus provided, it wasn't enough for them to believe in him. Because they went and asked him in verse 30. They said, therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe in you? Wait, but I just, I just multiplied food for thousands. That wasn't enough. The Jesus that provides for you is not enough. The Jesus that provides for your belly is not enough for your soul. The Jesus that keeps a roof over your head is not enough. Jesus Christ. The Jesus who is just a provider, because that's what we make Jesus. We have this, this gospel now that we preach about a Jesus who simply panders to not, not even our needs, our wants. He is not enough. That Jesus is not enough. And he says, our father ate the manna in the desert for it is written. He gave them bread. Jesus brings is not, brings is not enough. Jesus is enough. And he's saying, you saw the bread and missed out on the bakery. He said, I am the bread of life. 
It's one of the bold I am statements. And there's I am statements all throughout the book of John. John is, is about the I am's and you're going to hear other I am's that Jesus says, but Jesus makes a statement and says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe it's not enough. The Jesus that helped fix your temporary problem is not enough. And Jesus say, you're missing the whole point of this. I am the bread of life. I am who you seek. I am who you desire. I am the one you should pursue. I am. And I love that as Jesus is saying this to the crowd, who's the first person to reject him? Because Jesus is making some really bold statements here. He says, I am came down from heaven. Heaven. Sorrowful image where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus saying, I am the bread. I am the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. He's like, I am the bread. Just, just think about that for a minute. I am the bread. God is a poet. God is an artist. God got bars for days. And one of the greatest bars is when he prophetically revealed to the prophets that Jesus, the son of God, the bread of life would be born in Bethlehem. He sent Joseph and Mary all the way to Bethlehem to give birth to Jesus because God got bars. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. If anybody knows what the word Bethlehem means, the word Beth is the word house. Lahem is the word bread. It's literally the house of bread. Bethlehem literally means bakery. <laughs> Fun thought. Bethlehem literally means bakery. <laughs> and Jesus was born out of a bakery. Jesus was the bread, the bread. He was the bread. God's got bars for bars for doing this from the beginning. Okay. None of this is accidental. <laughs> None of this is accidental. He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread that came from Bethlehem. Beth, house, Lahem, bread, house of bread. Bethlehem. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread. I am the one who sustains you. I'm the one who keeps you. And notice what the people say. He was like, shouldn't he have came from Bethlehem? Like, wait, is this not, this isn't the son of Joseph? Don't we know his dad and his mom? Who does this guy think he is? Familiarity. I don't need to go on that rant today because I've gone on it before. 
familiarity that people had, those who were close to him with Jesus, couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. Jesus makes some significant ass. Says, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Jesus is making some bull ass. And people are like, bruh, I'm out of here. First, this man says he's the bread of life. Now he's saying that the bread that I shall give is my flesh. Wait, wait. So your bread, he's like, my flesh is, I am. My flesh is the flesh is the bread. Would give life to, to the world by my sacrifice that I will give, that I will give to the world. Jesus is saying my flesh, my body is the bread. This is the preface to the communion. This is why we break bread. And this is why we drink of the cup. We break bread and drink of the cup because we're partaking in the body of Christ. The body of Christ. The flesh and the blood of Christ. They're missing it. Let's not be the ones who miss it. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And they're all going, oh man, this man's out of control. This man's lost it. This man's crazy. And the folks just walked out. They're like, man, I'm out of here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Because, I, man, this guy's out of control. Missing it. Because they want the Jesus that works for them. They want the Jesus that panders to their agenda. They want the Jesus that isn't the bread of life, but the bread of my agenda. And yet they just missed that Jesus was talking about a spiritual matter. The church is the boss. And it's and it's out of Jesus that we have been forgiven. For the text tells us that the life is in the blood. Jesus is saying, you have to drink my blood and eat my flesh to have eternal life. You have to partake and participate in the communion to have eternal life. Everyone's got their agendas, but this is where I'm going to stop. While everybody's walking away, Jesus says, to the 12. Aren't y'all going to leave as well? Like Jesus is not a great vision caster for church. (laughs) He's not, he's not selling them on this thing. He's not selling them on this follow the way thing. He's not, (laughs) he's not doing good with that. And then he looks at the disciples after everybody starts walking away. And he says to them, where are y'all not going to leave? And they say to Jesus, where else could we go? True faith. True faith requires a to Desperate spirit depend on God. On God. Like, tr- 
True faith requires us to say, there's nothing else for me. I got, I got nothing else keeping me. And Simon Peter, like the other disciples, and it's interesting how it's these 12 that stay with him. Because the reality is these 12 ain't got nothing else going on. This is it. They don't have any other options. And they look at him and they say to him, where else are we going to go? Yeah, we can go back to fishing, but your words have eternal life. Like faith is one that says, I'm with you, Jesus. I'm not with you because what you say is comfortable. I'm not with you because the stuff that you're, you're revealing to me is pandering to me. I, I, I'm not with you because my life is better. I'm with you because you are the living God. I'm with you because I have a blind trust. Like I, I've got nothing else to go to because I've experienced the life of your words. These men are for Jesus. This is what believing, believing in Jesus, like belief in Jesus is submission to him. Believing in Jesus is submission to his lordship. It's funny. I mean, I always joke about this, that um, people don't know this about me, but I'm an introvert, hardcore introvert. Even people who are close to me are like, I don't know if you're an introvert. Just because I have people skills and social skills does not mean I'm not an introvert. I love my time alone. Okay. I fantasize about my time alone. Okay. And I like to think that Jesus was an introvert. <laughs> I think this was a hardcore introvert. Love to get away and pray. Love to get away and spend time with the Lord. Just loved it. Loved it. But it's interesting in this instance that John brings to light why he goes away. Jesus went away because they wanted to make him king. <laughs> Jesus went away and departed. Look at verse 6. Uh, sorry, verse 15. Chapter 6, verse 15. Is therefore Jesus perceived that they were about to take come and take him by force to make him king. He departed again to the mountain by himself. Wow. I wonder why Jesus wonder why Jesus has been absent in a lot of marriage a lot of marriages. I wonder why Jesus has been absent and been absent in a lot of our lives. I wonder why Jesus has been absent and absent our churches. There are churches that Jesus has been absent in, fam. I'm sorry if I sound all reckless and stuff, but it's facts. They got the murals of Jesus, the paintings of Jesus. They got the stained glass windows. They, they put crosses all up in the sanctuary. They even sing songs to his name. They do all of that, but Jesus isn't there. Jesus left and departed because they tried to force him to be king. 
but, but isn't he the King of Kings? Isn't that what the scriptures tell us? We did Bible study yesterday, right? We talked about the divinity of Christ. We talked about how he was declared king, even in the Old Testament, that he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is Lord of Lords. So what is this making him king? You can't make a king already king. Jesus was already ruling. We read this through the through the Gospels as we've been reading uh, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've read through all of this. We know that Jesus has already been operating in his rule, in his kingship, in his authority. So what is this making him king? Is it that they don't like how he rules? They don't like that he's not he's not ruling in their. They don't like they don't like that Jesus is their agenda. Ooh, my goodness. And I wonder for many of us today, what is our posture when we approach Jesus? Is it submission? Like, Lord, Lord, you are king over my life. You're not the one who I'm making king of my life. There's a difference. You're not the king that fits my agenda. You're the king that rules over me. If he's king, you can't force him to be king. He's king because you've submitted to him. They want to force him to be king when he's saying, no, I am the one who sustains you. I am the bread of life. This is what G this is how Jesus responds to them saying, we want to make him king. He's like, I am the bread. I am the sustainer. I am the one who keeps you. I am the one. <sighs> what keeps us together today, fam? I'm done because I'm out of time. This rant keeps us. What's this? Is it relationships? Like, is that our driving force? Is it our spouse? spouse? Is that our primary sustaining force? Is it our money? Is that our primary sustaining force? Is it our accolades and our titles? Is that our primary sustaining force? Is it our positions in our churches? Is that our primary sustaining force? What keeps us? Is it our doctrine and our knowledge and our degrees and our wisdom and our insight and our perspective and our platforms? Is that, is that what keeps us? Because it seems to me what Jesus is saying to us is true life comes out of total dependence on him. True life comes out of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. True life comes when we live a life dependent completely on him, not on the manna that rots, but on the one who brought the manna. So today, family, Ask yourself the question, what gives me joy today? What, what keeps me today? What keeps me going? 
Is it the Lord, the grace of grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, spirit, or is it an agenda? What keeps us going? Is the hope of the gospel? Or is it Jesus? I pray you choose Jesus. I pray today that we all choose Jesus. I pray today that we would see him as the bread, the sustaining bread, the life. Let's choose Jesus today. Let's choose Jesus to today. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us um, together in this word. As we go about our days today, let us be reminded of our dependence on you. Let's be reminded that anything else rots away. Let's trust in you. We choose you today, Lord. We choose you in all things. We choose you, Heavenly Father. And Lord, if we are ever distracted by agendas and opinions, if we're ever distracted by our own and our own wants, if we ever want, if we ever pride own ways, Father, I pray right, I pray right now that you would correct. May we live in total submission to mission to you. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so, so much, fam. So good to see you all. <clears throat> Thank you, you Discord family. If you guys notice, our Discord community is continuing to grow. I think in part because people now have been made aware. Oh, snap. He's not on an IG as often. He's not on TikTok as often. He's on Discord more often. So if you are listening to this and you're like, where do I catch these lives? Catch them on Discord. I will try to get on IG or TikTok once or twice a week now as I'm beginning to find more margin and bandwidth for that. But if not, I will be on Discord. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm going to make an effort to be on tomorrow morning, okay? Still playing it by ear. Not sure what my schedule is like. So I will keep you posted throughout the day-to-day -day once I get to uh, once I get to Colorado. Keep up us in, in prayer. Um, and also, um, you know, if you have any questions, just, just message it here. We got a great community on Discord, discord.gg slash opusfrayer. And also prayerfully consider. I know I got a lot of reds on here, so I love it. I want to prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Your support is what makes this all happen. So we look forward to that. Good to see you, Jonathan. Love you, brother. God bless you. <clears throat> I think it's my first time I've seen your name. I could have been, I might have been missing you. But after that, I know the whole fam, Valerie, Evelyn, Sarah. Good to see you, Yolanda. Good to see you, Yolanda. Good to see you. First time, I'm glad you're here, man. Man, glad you're here. God bless you guys. Bless you guys. Love you. See you guys. Pray for you guys prayerfully. We'll just be spending a few moments in prayer. Prayer. Um, and keep us in prayer on this good day. God bless you guys.